Hey, welcome to Athlete on Fire. You're listening to Voyage into Hell. I'm joined with Steve Segua, who is helping us tell the story of the Voyage into Hell, the book that he wrote, True Story of a Sailing Rally, Somali Pirates, and the Quest Tragedy. We're on episode 14, so we're, uh, we're well past the middle of the book. We're, we're about to cross um, this big ocean to get to Salala Oman, and I think I said that right. And uh, we've been talking about this, this, this preparation for crossing this pirate, pirate-infested area, and today Steve's going to talk about that, that section. Uh, this is part three of the book. It starts with a quote from Jose Ortega y Gasset, I guess is how you say it. Yes, that's um, right. Life is fired at you point blank, simply, is the quote. And uh, Steve, we're going to dive into I want to tell people where they can find the rest of these. It's uh, at athleteonfire.com, and you can just click on the little podcast tab up top, or you can hop on your mobile device on your Android or your iPhone, type in Athlete on Fire, and you can have uh, a nice little app of this stuff streaming to your phone or whatever you use when you go out on a run or, or jog and listen to us out in the world, which is pretty cool. So um, Chapter 15 is named... Uh, after the book Voyage into Hell, it's the Voyage into Hell chapter. Um, let's talk about it, Steve. I know you know we talked offline. Uh, it's a very detailed chapter. There's ten, eleven, twelve days, I guess that that you uh, chronicle in this chapter. It's very it's very detailed. We want to just kind of dive in and just tell the story of of this time that you guys spent. You guys were up in Mumbai. Wait, it was Mumbai? Yeah, Mumbai. And uh, Mumbai. you're about to cross cross the ocean to get to. Um, to Oman, and this is one of the most dangerous sections of of, uh, of water in the world. Uh, so you guys are about to cross. You're taking a lot of precautions. There's been some some weird things with the rally. Just uh, the dynamics have changed so much over over the the time that you guys have been on the seas over over the last long period of time, I suppose. Um, so why don't you just take it from there? You're in Mumbai. You're about to you're about to to get back on the boat and, and cross this. This uh, huge body of water. What's what's going through your mind at the time? And let's start telling the story of this chapter. Okay, now this is the crux of the book. So this is where everything is going to happen. Uh, we led up to this, and we uh, I described the the sailing vessel Quest, which is the object of the book. Besides our adventure, Quest is uh, there's three uh, four Americans on board Quest: Scott, Gene, and uh, Phyllis and Bob. These are the crew members on board Quest, and we're all in Mumbai, India. And we are looking at historic levels of pirate activity that are occurring right ahead of us in the Indian Ocean and the Arabian Sea. Never been this level of pirate activity in history. And we've got to go through this. So we had a lot of problems with the rally, um, finding a route for us. The rally management uh, was unable to help us for the most part. But they, they figured out, they did talk to NATO forces and the U.K. forces. They said, okay, we think we've got a plan, and you guys can accept it or not. And the plan was to make an end run around the pirates, meaning that we had to sail from Mumbai, India, up to Pakistan, 85 miles off Pakistan, and then come back down the coast of Oman to Salala, Oman. Oh, so now we're going to hope that the pirates don't uh, listen to us on the radio or find us with radar, and this is the route we're going to take, and all the rally boats are going to try to take this. The problem is, Quest is without a group. Quest thought their group was still intact. Nobody would tell them that their group no longer existed. And besides that, Quest was ostracized by the rest of the rally groups. They're one of the biggest boats, but their group did not want them in that group. So they kicked Quest out, essentially. So now we're stuck with three groups left. That's all. One big boat group, which Quest was supposed to be in, but they're not. And two small boat groups. That's where Aspen is. We only travel at five knots. Quest can go double that. But 
this is the way it worked out. So Quest is sitting in in Mumbai, and I was the second to the last person to talk with Quest. I dingied over to the boat, and I said, we're leaving Mumbai, okay? Do you want to, uh, uh, you know, what, what is your condition? What are you thinking? And all this stuff. And it was just nonchalant. Oh, yeah, everything's fine. We want to get cut out, cup, um, caught up with you guys because we, we missed you further uh, back in Cochin, and we'd like to get caught up. Once we get to Oman, we'll do that. So I left him at that, and then one other boat in the rally came over to me and said, Steve, should I invite Quest into our slow group? And I said, I think that'd be a great idea because there were only five boats in that group. That was group Zeus. Thor was the largest group. Zeus is a five-knot group, and my group is Ra. But he wanted to invite him, Quest, into the group of Zeus to travel with them. And I said, I think it'd be a great idea. So this, this captain went over to Scott and said, Scott, would you like to join our group? Now, this is interesting what Scott said. Scott said, thank you very much for inviting us. We will join you in two days. You can leave before us because we're a faster boat. We'll catch up, and that will be no problem at all. So that's how we left Mumbai then. We had this knowledge of what Quest was going to do, and now this is going to start the passage to Salala Oman. So uh, as far as the route's concerned, you know, you're, you're in Mumbai, which is kind of, uh, what, north-central or, north, I guess, northwest India on the coast. Um, that's correct. And you're basically going to do this kind of banana route. You're going to kind of hug the coast a little bit more so you can stay closer to Pakistan. Um, geographically, if, if you're looking at where Somalia is and where a lot of the pirates are coming from, maybe they're not going up as far north. Is that kind of the reasoning? Yes, that was the reason. We were, we normally would go straight across from Mumbai directly to Oman, the southern part of Oman, but you can't do that because the pirates are in the center. So we figured, yeah, by going north, we might avoid them. Wow. Okay, where's Salala? I cannot find it on the map. I'm just kind of looking. Okay, if you look at the oh, the Horn of uh, uh, Africa, it's right on the Horn of Africa across from Oman. That's Somalia. That's called the Horn of Africa. Oh, no, Salala, the, the Oman port that you guys were shooting for. Oh, okay, that's in southern Oman, um, right next to Yemen. <laughs> oh, so <laughs> it's that far spot. south. Oh, wow. oh yeah. So oh, yeah. you guys... Had to go all the way up to Pakistan and then come. Oh, there it is, right there. And then you had to come all the way back down. That's crazy. Um, it is crazy. And then you're going to have to go through the Gulf of Aden up through the Red Sea to get to the Mediterranean. Uh, big picture, right? That's the big picture. That's what we're aiming for. But first, we have to get past these pirates. Yes. So that's crazy. So if you guys are listening and you just pull up your Google Map, um, if you have time at some point, and you see, you know, maybe a reasonable person would say, okay, we're in Sri Lanka. Let's just go straight across the Arabian Sea to the Gulf of Aden. It's going to be a long sail, but we can we can manage it. It's a straight shot. I mean, how much out of the way were, were people going just to avoid these pirates? Oh, this is about a, at least we had to go all the way up to Mumbai, which is uh, five days. Then we had to go a week further by going up toward Pakistan and back down. So you're talking at least two weeks further by going around the pirates. So is my reasoning normal? Like, if there were no pirates, no threats of that, would you guys just would you have just crossed straight across from the the southern tip of India? That's correct. That's the normal route that pe- that sailors take. Yeah. Wow. That, I mean, it's just it's massive how much how much uh, out of the way you guys had to go. Okay. So you have uh, you have the 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 team Zeus was was very reasonable and seems um, trying to take care of some other people by inviting um, uh, Quest to join them. They were going to join them a, a day or two later because they're faster. Uh, and you guys are about to take off. So uh, take it from there. 
Okay, now th this is it. So we, we leave Mumbai, and our group le uh, left the harbor first, Team Ra. We've got six uh, boats in our group. Uh, unfortunately, one of the boats gets something tangled in their props. We get delayed, and Team Zeus, the other five-knot group, passes us. So that's no big deal, but we get, we get our problems sorted out, and we're on our way as well. So it's Team Zeus and Team Ra are pretty close together. And Team Thor, the fastest group, they don't even have to take off yet. They can wait a while. But again, uh, Quest isn't going to join their group because he's not invited so we all leave uh, uh, Mumbai and now we go and we're sailing towards Pakistan away up there okay what you have to remember we're sailing in formation we've got six boats in our group we have to be no more than 100 yards apart we've got three boats in the front three boats in the back Aspen is right in the middle in the front because I'm the the, the boat that everybody is following I am keying on the next position which is called a waypoint that we're sailing to that's way up towards pakistan everybody has to look at me and stay close to me within a hundred yards for protection these are our uh, tactics how we're going to get past the pirates if they were to descend on us so this is the formation we're maintaining up towards pakistan so we're sailing along this is going to be 1500 miles all the way to oman we're out one day we have radio contact. We get updates on every position in the rally except for Quest. I don't know where Quest is. Day two passes. Updates on every position. No word from Quest. Day three, same thing. No word from Quest. Where is Quest? I email Scott. I said, Scott on Quest. Where are you? We need to know. You didn't check in. What's going on here? And I get an email back from Scott. He says, I'll get to back to you as soon as I get off watch at 10 a.m. in the morning because I got things to do right now. So I wait around, and it's about noon, and I get an email from Scott giving me his position. Great. I got his position. I rush to my, my chart plotter. It's the electronic device on Aspen. It shows where we are, and I put Scott's position in there, and I'm just aghast. I don't know what to think. Clearly. He is not following the rally. He is shortcutting the course. He's going directly from Mumbai to Oman, right through the heart of the pirate activity. I'm just blown away by this. Why was he doing that? Okay. Now, what we found out later, he never explained it to us. Rally management knew what Scott was going to do because Scott informed rally management he felt ostracized by the groups and he did not want to be part of that and because of that he would not be part of the rally until we got to Oman and he was going to what he called cut the corner that was his reasoning so rally management knew this rally management knew it and did not tell any of the rally boats so you guys are all stressed out because you think he you have no idea where he's at you don't know why he's doing this but rally management knows and you guys have to take that stress on yourself exactly it was totally uh, rally management knew exactly what scott would do and we knew nothing but at least we got his position report after three days we finally knew where scott was but we're going oh god he's cutting straight across all we can do is watch him as we get his position reports now every day Okay, so uh, continue on. Okay, so we get again Scott's position. We know it. Day four, um, we get another position report, and uh, you know we know where Scott is. He's still going straight across. Um, 
okay, I, I'm having a little problem here because this is flashbacks for me. So, um, but there are problems with other rally boats in our group keeping together. Um, they don't want to listen to my position. You see me, they don't want to stay within 100 yards. We've got a lot of conflict there. We're trying to maintain our formation. Things like that is going on during this crossing. And this is a very detailed chapter. I won't go into that, but the crux of the chapter is um, on February 16th, we had the first contact with Quest. That's when he gave his position. Okay, February 18th, two days after he gave me his position, and five days out at sea, Quest is captured by Somali pirates. The vessel Quest is captured with all four crew members on board by 19 Somali pirates 850 miles away from Somalia. That's on February 18th, 2011. Oh, my God. We get an email from rally management explaining this. What happened was the pirates attacked at dawn. They came out of the sun, typical strategy for the pirates, and they attacked Quest, easily boarded Quest. And then later that day, Quest was spotted by Orion aircraft to patrol the Indian Ocean and Arabian Sea with their radar facilities. They patrol that, and they see skiffs behind Quest, and they report this to NATO forces and U.K. forces and said, we've got a problem. Sailing vessel has been captured. They identified the vessel as Quest, and that's when we got the email that Quest had been captured on February 18th. Okay. Um, so you, I, I'm basically you're just getting an email or you're just getting an audio report so you know that they've been captured. Yes. Uh, and then, you know, multiple phone calls. We got satellite communication with rally management, with NATO forces, with the UK forces, Spanish Navy, French Navy. We're, I'm contacting all these people, again, because I'm the coordinator. Uh, I'm, I'm in the lead boat. So I'm contacting all these people on my satellite phone and saying, what's going on here? They're helping us. They say, we see no other pirate activity in the area, but we do know that Quest was captured. And they are now on a course directly to Somalia with the pirates on board Quest. So that's what we we knew at this point. Wow. Okay, so how did that affect the, the group that you were with? Oh, my God. It was chaos. Uh, everybody heard this, you know, and we had a radio announcement. We have a radio blackout, so you have to be very careful with your radio so we can communicate with our vessels on low power that are in our group. And it was just total shock that Quest had been captured. Now, we were, we were explained, too, that... If someone was captured again, they're going to take him to Somalia, and you're going to be held there until the ransom is paid, whatever they come up with as a ransom figure. So you probably spend about a year in Somalia. But everybody's just shocked at the news and saying, oh, my God, now they're going to have to spend a year in Somalia. Just oh, it was devastating to the rally boats. Okay. So you guys are moving along. You're just basically waiting on news as you still try to get down to uh, the southern part of Oman. We are. So we're continuing on our end run. Uh, we got our waypoints. We're going. Uh, we're out there. Again, that happened on February 18th. The next day, February 19th, four U.S. Navy warships found Quest. Okay. So now you've got four Navy warships trailing Quest as Quest is sailing towards Somalia with the pirates on board. Four Navy warships, including the aircraft carrier Enterprise. This is a massive force that's near Quest, but behind them. You know, you don't want to upset the pirates. So you got hostages. That's on the day later after they were captured, February nineteenth. Okay. So then the nineteenth passes, we get no news. Quest is still underway. And the twentieth we get news, same thing, twenty first, same thing. Everybody's just distraught. What's going on? February 22nd, 2011, which was a Tuesday, 
This is when it all blew apart. What happened on February 22nd? On board Quest, the pirates decided 50 miles off Somalia at the time to shoot an RPG at a U.S. Navy warship. Rocket-propelled grenade is launched by the Somali pirates at the U.S. Navy warship closest to them, and they miss the ship with an RPG. You can't miss a warship with an RPG, and the pirates <laughs> did. It's incredible. They shot over the warship. And you're like, oh, my God. So, okay, this happened on the 22nd. They shoot the RPG at the U.S. Navy warship, miss. Two minutes later, after the firing of the RPG, gunfire erupted on board Quest. The pirates shot all four hostages dead. Within five minutes after the shooting started, the U.S. Navy SEALs on board the naval vessels attacked Quest. They saw, they saw the gunfire happen. The U.S. Navy SEALs attack, and they find all four hostages dead in the cockpit of Quest. That was on February 22nd. Jeez. Um, yeah, it was just horrible news. We got the news at uh, about 9 o'clock that night. Just It was total shock. We didn't know what to think. This isn't supposed to happen. You're supposed to be held captive that they executed the, the hostages. What were the assumptions that were drawn? Do you think that somebody on the – I haven't read ahead, so I don't – if you guys are listening, I, I'm just kind of inquiring as if, if we were just hanging out. But what was what, what were some of the assumptions of what happened on the boat? Do you think somebody kind of tried to fight them or um, – what happened now we attended um the pirate trials afterwards so what happened was there were a lot of assumptions just like you just said um that went out to the press oh you know oh uh, yeah there must have been a fight breaking out or or the navy seals attacked and they they, they had a big gunfight none of that happened the press reports were totally inaccurate uh, this was all over the news the nightly news in america and everywhere in the world, and it was totally inaccurate. I, I, I heard these reports later, obviously. We couldn't get these reports at sea, and they weren't true that we found out later in the trial. So we're just hearing all the same stuff that you just mentioned. We're saying, well, what went on? Oh, my God, there was a big fight, and this is what happened. We had no idea what the truth was until later at the trials. Okay. Um, so you guys have to continue. You guys aren't in Salala yet, are you? No, we're still two days away from Salala, uh, Oman. This was a, a totally uh, devastating night. Nobody got any sleep on any of the boats. You just you're thinking of your friends out there who just were were killed by the pirates, and you're you're trying to sail, and and you've got we have pirate vessels that are shadowing us out there. We can see them in the shadows. They don't have lights. They approach, and you turn on your radar, which they can see when you turn on your radar. You have to be so careful. And we're seeing a ship out there. We're going, oh, my God, we're going, to, we're going to get attacked as well. We didn't. Maybe our formation helped, just luck of the draw. We don't know what happened. We were not attacked. So for two days, we went through that stress and agony of knowing what happened to our friends before finally making the safety of the port at Salala Oman. Two days of doing that. Wow. You know, I was reading, um, I don't know when I was reading it, back, back probably when the, uh, what was it, Captain Phillips? Was that the name of that movie? Yes. Yeah, um, I think I was probably reading stuff when that when that was going on. But uh, the a lot of the 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 pirates were high for a lot of uh, the captivity. When when they would board the the deal, they get bored and they're doing some kind of drugs. I don't remember what it was. Um, is that a possibility from for some of the 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 stuff that happened on Quest? Or do you do you oh. know, do you have the story on that? 
Oh, I, I, I know the full story because we, yeah, we, again, we attended the trials of the pirates. So that'll come out a little bit later, what we, what we heard at the trials. But definitely the pirates were high on, on cat. This is their drug of choice. And they have you know, tons of this stuff when they capture a cargo ship. They bring it on board and they got all this. Well, they're on little quest. What happened, they ran out of their drug. And so towards the end, they were very irritable, and you know you don't mess with people like this that are going kind of through withdrawal. So that yes, that was a problem. They ran out of their drug toward the end. Oh wow! So do you cover the trials in the book? Oh yes. Okay, uh, cool. that's in another chapter. Yes, I do. All right, I'm getting all excited here. Okay, so you guys get to to Salala. Um, I don't know if I'm saying that. is that how you say it, Salala? Salala, that's correct. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it's it's kind of a funny <laughs> funny word. Um, so you guys get down there. What was the uh, I don't know when you're when you're in moments of stress as an athlete or in wartime and, and times like that like your your body goes into overdrive the amount of adrenaline that's secreted I mean it's just nuts um, but when you get to that safety like what what was the feeling of relief did you guys break down when you got there were you breaking down at sea like what what was it like when you finally got to to that port. Well, um, Aspen happened to be the first vessel to uh, enter the port. Um, I said we would arrive at 8.30 in the morning. Uh, I can figure all this out. I've got, of course, a computer. I said, 8.30, we will pass the entry to the port. 8.30, we rounded that point into the port. Exactly. Approached the dock, and there was one person from rally management standing on that dock. I'll never forget this. We had to back into the dock, very difficult to do in a high wind situation to control the boat. And we backed into the dock. Maria threw the first line at the guy and he caught it. And he secured that line. I ripped my line to another guy standing up there and he caught it. You have two lines securing you. And I, we got right against the dock and I looked up at rally management and he says, they didn't see him. And I just stared at him. I said, what do you mean? They didn't see him. He said, they didn't see him. Orion did not see the pirate ship. And I just looked at him trying to figure out, why is he lying to me? Orion aircraft can see a gnat on a wave in the ocean, and they can't see a big pirate ship that's approaching Quest. My assumption was he's lying to me, and I was infuriated, but I didn't say anything to him. That was my uh, impression of making landfall in Oman. And if you have any social skills whatsoever, when something like that happens, the f- the first words out of anyone's mouth is, we're so sorry you lost your friends. <laughs> exactly. You know? Yeah, but that's what he said. Yeah, you know. Oh, crazy. So so you're getting uh, you're getting fired up because now you're, you're starting to go through things in your mind that, that went wrong or were just a little bit off. And I'm sure you're, you're taking some note on, on a lot of this stuff at the time, right? Well, that, and we're trying to get our other members of the rally in safely. Uh, I have to jump into my dinghy, my little boat, after I've been at sea for you know 12 days. I'm exhausted, and the mental fatigue is horrendous. And yet, I have to help the other boats try to get uh, close to the dock and get tied up. So that occupied the whole day. But that evening, when we made landfall in Oman, I'll never forget this. We got Aspen totally ready to go in four hours to leave that port. We, we were going to continue on and get out of this this area. You're in a Muslim country again. So we got, Maria and I got Aspen totally ready for to leave. And that night, we had a dinner. They said, we're going to go to this club on in the port base. Okay. And Maria and I said, oh, great. So we stagger up to there. We get a ride in a car up to this. It's called the Oasis. It's a little restaurant on a port base. And that door to the oasis opened, 
and it was all English-speaking people. The Swedish volleyball team was dancing on the floor. Rock and roll music is blasting on the speakers. It was a time warp. We said, this is a Muslim country. My God, it was sensory overload. This was our greeting to Oman because it was in the port. It was legal to do this. Incredible scene that night. And then a lot of hugging and tears and joys among the other rally people that we made it. And just it was so sad that Quest didn't. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so there's I, I have tons of questions, and I know a lot of them will be covered in the book. And 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 at the end of the, there's still a good good amount left. At the end, I definitely want to get into um, you know opinion and and some of the the more abstract thoughts on on a lot of the trip because those are the questions I want to ask right now. But I know that we're just kind of saving up for for the end of this thing. Um, I'm going to read a little passage uh, at the end of of this chapter, and this is going to be more of a, a reflection from you, Steve. Um, and, and you can answer the questions, and then we'll, we'll we'll move on here. So, our friends who were traveling with us on our quest on quest had been murdered less than two long days ago, and yet we were suddenly enjoying the relative safe, safety in the same port where they should have made landfall with us. Was it fate, luck, or just divine intervention that we were here instead of them? Um, that's that's probably a little bit of survivor's guilt, and the same questions that a lot of people ask themselves when they go through traumatic experiences. But you've had. Uh, what five years now? Just about. Um, it was it was exactly five years last month. Exactly five years. Wow. So I'm sure you've asked and and um, and thought that that question more than once, probably every day. Um, so what what conclusion have you or you and Maria or uh, Maria or any of you guys come to on on answering that? You know, it was a lot of, uh, um, you know, one-upmanship. Uh, captains are very proud people. They think they know everything. They won't listen to other opinions. So it's a partially the, the captain's fault. Uh, he did what he wanted to do, what he thought was best, and yet you had all that pressure, the peer pressure, uh, the ostracization uh, of him by other people. So you react to that. You're defensive. So you've got a couple things working on you. We have a, a very poor opinion of the the large group people that were in our rally, of course, because they precipitated a lot of this. Yet, Scott has to take some of the blame. He's the captain, and he made a decision to cut the course. And those are two factors that come into what we think about today. So the fate, the luck, divine intervention, there's probably more factual reasons for a lot of this stuff happening. But at the end of the day, like the, you know, when another group of people decide to... Uh, to change, you know, to board someone's boat and, and rob them or hold them captive, um, that might be the luck part. When you're just thrust into the world and something happens that's that different, you know, there's definitely a luck issue there. There is, yeah, that's correct. Yes. So you guys, um, I know you guys had a had a service uh, for the four four of your all's friends that you lost over in o- Oman. Um, I guess just ending today's show. What was the service like? And then a couple of things on, on each of those four, uh, as far as memories are concerned. You know, I know they weren't best friends or anything, but you guys did know them all. Um, so what's something kind of cool that you can say about each of them before we end today? You know, um, Scott and Jean, we did not know that well. We only knew them for uh, almost three months, and that was all. So they, But yet, you know, you form a bond with them because you're fellow sailors. Phyllis and Bob, we knew much better. Uh, great people to be with. They're fun people. 
Gene was a great person, you know, very outgoing and very uh, high-strung. And Scott was just an even-keeled sailor uh, who could uh, become very hot-headed at times. But, you know, we keep those memories. And when we had the service in Oman, um, the ambassador to Oman from the United States attended. He was there because these are U.S. citizens, and we talked with him at length. Um, here's our ambassador to, to Oman, and he, he feels so sad about what happened. And like, you know, he had emotional speeches up there and all this, but the one point that, that happened at the service was they said, this is, this is uh, incredible, they said, don't continue on. Please don't continue on. We don't want any more casualties in this. This is the U.S. ambassador. He's got connections much better than I've ever have or ever will in this world. And he says, please, don't continue on. Wow. Well, I think we know the answer to that. But uh, to, to end the chapter, you noted that your, your journey was far from over. You had 20, 20 yachts in the rally, sitting at anchor, um, getting ready for another passage across the Gulf of Aden, which is uh, right in the, the Horn of Africa there, leading into the to the Red Sea. So I know we're going into to part four. What are some things you can say to wrap up part three and moving forward? Okay, um, part four. There, there's five parts to the book. Part four is going to concern itself with how do we get out of Oman? We're stranded by the rally in Oman. The rally is going to dissolve on us. Just leave us stranded and abandoned in Oman. Okay, how do we get ourselves 20 boats together out of Oman? We've got to figure out a way to do that and how to get out of the dangerous pirate area without any naval forces helping us. That's the crux of part four, how we're going to do that. At any point, even in in the toughest part of that that part of your journey, did, did you guys consider stopping? Um, well, yeah, we consider stopping. Uh, uh, some people did. But what happened, um, you know, you're on a boat and you're in the middle of a, an unfriendly country. We have to get out of here and we're captains. We're going to save our vessel. This is what we do. We're going to save our families. We're going to get everybody out of here safely. How do we do that? Now, that's the key. Uh, we, naval forces won't protect us. That's not their charge. Um, they cannot do that. They explained this to us. Every Navy in the world said, we will not protect you. You can go. We can't close international waters. But if you're not protected, what's going to happen to you? So that's a decision we had to deal with as we made our, our final determination of how to get out of Oman. All right. Well, I'm ready to hear some more of the story. Steve, thanks Thanks for sharing. I know that's a, that's a crazy time for you guys. Um, and I, de- I definitely want to hear, you know, the aftermath. So we'll look forward to that in some of the, the future chapters, I'm sure. And uh, where are you guys at right now? We're in St. Martin in the Caribbean. Uh, we're on the Dutch side, the French side I run to every day. We're on back and forth. There's no passport control. You can explore the island. This is a great and safe place here in the Caribbean. love St. Martin. <laughs> awesome. All right, you guys, if you're listening, wherever you might be in the world, Colorado is actually 70 degrees today, so we're very, very happy about that. And Steve <laughs> yes. is enjoying his tropical uh, life down there in, in St. Martin. Very cool. I hope you guys are enjoying the story. Uh, it's been an amazing one so far. Tons of adventure and tons of uh, stress. I can feel the I can feel feel the stress just from listening to that last part. And uh, it's been just great storytelling. We really appreciate Steve for for doing this. So go check it out. There's more on athleonfire.com. It's the Voyage into Hell series. Thanks a lot. Thank you for listening to Athlete on Fire. Stay fired up with additional resources and information. Athleteonfire.com.